Thank you for joining in today, tuning in today to uh, the Generation of Wealth through Commercial Real Estate Show. We got Mike Van with us today. He's with Trident Multifamily. Um, these guys are crushing it. Uh, they're, they're based out of um, Texas, but they're kind of, you know, investing all over the Midwest. Um, Mike has 20 years of experience and he has a personal portfolio of $6 million right now. And that's across multiple asset classes. Mike, how you doing today, man? Tell us a little bit about um, how you got involved with real estate. Well, thanks a lot, Willie, for having me on the show. I appreciate uh, being here. Um, you know, traditionally, uh, like most people, I started out with uh, single family and you know, small multifamily stuff uh, about 20 years ago. I, um, you know, I was working in the medical sales field and, um, and uh, you know, came went through a couple different layoffs, uh, made it through, uh, but at that point made me realize that, uh, you know, I'm just a number and I uh, need to find another way to have some security. And so started looking into real estate and ended up buying a little duplex uh, and um, over time flipped some houses, uh, went through the 08 crash and, you know, realized that, hey, real estate's a pretty solid investment as long as you buy it right and right. and uh, you're you know you're not over leveraged you can make it through and survive even the the greatest of downturns and so um, continuing on after my journey there and started buying a little bit bigger uh, assets um, bought a, a 16 unit from a, a bank uh, in 2010 and um, bought that for. $450,000 ended up selling it for 785,000 about nice. seven years later nice. in 31 that into a 55 unit apartment complex. And, uh, and then along the way I bought some other smaller uh, stuff as well. Um, some five plexes, six plexes, 12, 27, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I still work full-time job, um, in the medical device field. I've been doing that for, 16 years now with this current company and uh it's it's been great um i really enjoy what i do helping people but at the same time still corporate america and you still have got to have that backup plan so um 2017 uh i never had any partners before in 2017 decided that, that hey if i'm going to scale to the point i need to to be to uh replace my income um, I've been very blessed. And so because of that, it's been a blessing and a curse that right. it takes a lot to replace a lot. So, uh, um, decided to scale up and, and do that through syndication. So sought out a mentoring program, vetted several of the mentoring programs and decided to join uh, Brad Sumrock's group down in Dallas. Yep. And, uh, through several of those meetings, met up with my current partner, met up with several partners and, uh, uh and did a few deals. Um, in Kansas and a couple in Dallas, uh, met my current partners, Rodney uh, Miller out of Oklahoma City and Carl Silvercroft out of Dallas. And we decided to start pursuing deals together. And so uh, we did our first deal in, together in March of 2019. It was a hundred unit over east of Tulsa. Yep. Uh, and we did that as separate entities. Um, we all came in, you know, as a separate entity working together. Mm -hmm. um, and we went through that deal and worked very well together, had great synergy and decided after that to go ahead and, and formalize our partnership and create Trident multifamily. Yeah. And so under the Trident banner, um, we uh, purchased uh, another asset in November, 174 unit 
two property portfolio over in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so now under the Trident banner, we are trying to get our name out, brand ourselves as Trident Multifamily, yep. and currently seeking um, other acquisitions and uh, partnerships. So that's gotcha. kind of the long and short of it. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, I want to touch on real briefly, man. Um, you, you're doing real estate almost like in a full, full-time capacity, and you're also working a full-time job. So how are you balancing it? Because there's a lot of people that's in your shoes that want to jump in, but it's like they don't feel like they have enough time to do it. Well, I'll tell you, I, I don't sleep much. I mean, I'm actually 29 years old, but you can see what it's done to me. No. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, um, I, 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 you do sacrifice, yeah. I mean, for, for sure. And, but like any good thing, um, you know, you have to sacrifice uh, to reach the goals that you want to achieve. Right. Um, so I do sacrifice a lot of sleep. Try not to sacrifice my family time, um, even though that does suffer sometimes. Uh, I, um, you know, try to keep them uh, front and center. Yeah. You know, that is my why, and uh, along with my mission work. And so, try to keep those things, uh, and, you know, with that, not sacrifice those as, as little as possible. But, yeah. but uh, anyway, yeah. So, time management, uh, a lot of time sacrifice. I use third-party management companies. Um, to, to manage all my properties. Uh, there's no way I could do that on my own. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm an asset manager. Um, but yeah, you have to leverage other people's time uh, is the first and foremost thing. And right. be a great manager of time yourself. Priorities. Right. So. Got you. Got you. Um, okay. Now, so you've did single family, you've done small multifamily. If you, um, you also have done some large multifamily. Have you did any other asset classes besides multifamily? Um, no, I mean, I had a small commercial building, but uh, I wouldn't really consider that, you know, like large, like you see these large strip malls and type things. Yeah. Um, but no, it's mostly just been, uh, it's all residential for the most part, just various sizes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, with, with that being said, uh, you know, why haven't you decided, I mean, now since you're, you're syndicating, you can take on some large deals. Uh, you know, why haven't you decided to try out like say self storage or, um, you know, mobile home parts? I mean, there's different asset classes, but you chosen to stay with multifamily, you know, what's your reasoning behind that? Sure. Uh, focus. Um, you know, as you mentioned before, uh, I do have limited time resources. And so, for a variety of reasons, mostly being that um, I don't want to have the shiny object, object syndrome. Yeah. I would rather focus on one thing and do it well. Uh, yeah. and I, I think that that um, eventually we may branch out into other asset classes, uh, but for the time being, um, we're going to focus. We think we owe that to our investors and ourselves to focus on uh, owning and operating and and you know, the multifamily assets that we do have yeah. um, provide the investors the best uh, return for their money. They put yeah. their trust in us. And so uh, we feel, you know, a duty to them to give it our best and yeah. our focus. So yeah, um, that's, that's the primary reason is, is we want to focus and take care of our investors and be in this for the long haul. Right, right, right. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, let's talk about how you're finding deals because, um, you know, everybody that's watching this that's, that's kind of in the game, they, they know it's hard to find, um, you know, opportunities out, especially in the, um, the major MSAs. So 
you know, how are you finding your deals? Uh, broker relationships. I mean, that, that's something that, that uh, you know, a couple of years ago, back in 2017, when we started this, that was one of the first things we did is, uh, for, you know, we made a list of uh, all the all the major player brokers in the markets we wanted to be in. Um, and then also we made a list of uh, potential investors. Um, and, and you don't really discount anyone on either of those lists. Right. You never know. And so we committed to ourselves, uh, between the three of us, to, to make a certain number of phone calls a day yeah. to both investors and brokers and uh, develop those relationships over time. Uh, you know, continuous follow-up uh, and persistence in uh, de developing in, in those relationships and taking them deeper. Yeah. And, uh, and over time, you know, you'll get some, you'll get some deals right off the bat. They may right. not be good deals, but, <laughs> right. but even, you know, no matter what people are sending you, have the courtesy to, even if it's just a quick review, to do a review, um, send them a reply on why it didn't work and help them, you know, define your criteria better because that will help you, A, it helps develop the relationship uh, for them to know what you're looking for yeah. uh, and why a deal did or did not work. Um, and also, uh, you know, if they are kind of testing you to see what you know, uh, it, it gives them confidence in that you know what you're talking about. Right, right, right. And, you know, it kind of leads me to my next question uh, around that is, um, you know, you guys in 2017, you, you were doing smaller deals before that. And you said, hey, man, we want to go out here and buy 100, 200 unit um, apartment complexes. How, how did you convince these guys to take you serious? Well, we all had track records. Uh, like I said, I've been investing myself for, for a long time. Uh, my partner Rodney as well, and, and Carl had some had some investing experience as well. And so, you know, a we had a track record. Yeah. Granted, it wasn't multifamily, but they we had a track record in in um, you know real estate investing. Right. And uh, just through conversations, naturally, you can they can tell you know what you're talking about if you right. do you do your homework and you know you know you know what you're talking about. Yeah. You can speak their language then. Uh, it gives you the ability to, to develop the relationship and go deeper. And, you know, and, and two, I mean, being in this, this is a relationship business and we're not in this for, tr to be transactional. I'm more of a relational type person. So I don't, you know, I, I want to learn about you, you know, Willie, not just, uh, not just, you know, the generational wealth podcast. You know, I want to know you as a person and, Having those types of relationships and conversations, I think, uh, makes people want to work with you as well. Right, right. And and for my listeners, I want you to really capture that point there. It, the two things, two things that stood out right there is number one, do your do your do your research, be educated, know exactly what you're talking about. You know, don't just say, "Hey, man, send me properties," but tell them the asset class you're looking at, tell them how many units you're looking for. You know, what's your what's your investing strategy? Have have that in place there so he can say, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. And then the second thing is don't look at this as just calling somebody one time and think you're going to get deals forever. Like you got to constantly be building that relationship and, and getting to know them so they can know you and start trusting you to send you those deals. So that was very, very good points, man. Very good points. Um, now, you know, when you, when you got started, you know, obviously you guys had a little bit of a track record, but um, what was the biggest challenge initially for you? Um. I would say just, I mean, like anyone, just getting, 
the the uh, developing those relationships because, like you said, it's not something you're going to get one call and start uh, and start getting deals. Yeah. And, and, and actually, you can't, but not the good deals. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, and so you know, having uh, having good conversations, following up with those conversations with an email, uh, thanking them for their time. You know, once again, laying out your specific criteria that yeah. you're looking for, and then putting a, a, a follow-up appointment on your calendar to, to call these guys back. And, right. you know, I mean, it, it's, it's a process. And yeah. so um, putting the time and effort in as with anything, you know, right. whether it's real estate or football, you got to put in right. your time and put in that hard work and sweat. So Absolutely. to get anything that make it pay off. So, yeah. And, and it's kind of like you're selling them on you. So if you look at just the sales cycle in general, anybody that's a sales will notice, it takes about seven to 10 follow-ups before you actually close the sale. So it's kind of the same process, process if you think of it that way, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, as far as markets, what, what are you, what markets are you focusing on right now? Uh, we like the mid South market as we like to call it. Uh, like I said, I'm located in, in Missouri, Rodney's in Oklahoma and Carl's in Texas. And so yeah. all of our deals are kind of in this triangle, so to speak, this mid South triangle where we can uh, jump in the car and be there within three hours uh, from any of our locations. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, like I said, we have, we've had deals in, in Texas, Kansas, and Oklahoma, uh, lost out on, on a deal in Kansas city recently. And so um, that's kind of the reason behind, we want to be able to, to be there on the ground quickly. Um, and we like this market for cash flow. I mean, these secondary and tertiary markets that, that we're in and looking in, um, the uh, the cash flow tends to be better than it is in some of the primary uh, markets and a little less competitive. You know, all markets are competitive nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, these tend to be a little bit less competitive um, and basically higher cash flow. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's always a plus, um, especially when you got some investors that you got to keep happy. <laughs> you know, you want to have that cash flow for sure. Yes. Yes. Um, now the deals that you're looking for, uh, obviously everybody have like their certain niche of the, the number unit count and you know, the class, what, what kind of deals are you looking for right now? Uh, we try to stay hundred plus, um, you know, we would look at something less than hundred units, but no, no smaller than 70. I mean, we want them to be able to support uh, on-site management, yeah. um, and uh, and you know the the smaller deals just they're tougher. You can make it work uh, if you have a couple smaller deals that are in close proximity that you can right. have you know, share management or something like that. But typically, right. hundred plus deals is what we look for. Um, and I'm sorry, what was the other half of the question? And um as far as like the, the class, are you looking for like oh, value add sorry. type stuff? Or? Yes. Yes. Sorry. BC class, a uh, hundred plus unit value add. Um, we, uh, we look, we look for opportunity. I mean, so, so that value add uh, BC class, that's the sweet spot where you find the most opportunity. We like to, we don't like distressed assets. Yeah. Um, you know, not at this point anyway. Uh, obviously, you're going to have a lot more opportunity when you look at distressed assets. But yeah. right now, um, we're focusing on cash flowing operating businesses, um, you know, in the mid 80s to in, mid 80s and higher occupancy yeah. with, uh, you know, some deferred maintenance and some operational efficiencies that we can come in and cure and right. raise NOI. 
Right. So you would say that probably a, a target um, type value add property would be something that somewhere that's maybe around um, a three to five K per door um, CapEx budget. That would be kind of something that's ideal if you add in value. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's about right. Anywhere from three to 7,000, um, yeah. you know, you're, <laughs> the property uh, we're, we just bought actually, which we can probably talk a little bit more about later. Um, yeah. We bought it for 8 million. We're putting in uh, just over 2 um, million in, in CapEx. So, wow. uh, but then there's also opportunity on top of that. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Three to seven K a door is a nice bread and butter. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Um, now, you know, when you're looking at deals, I mean, a, a lot of people say, okay, now I'm getting them to start sending me deals, but, uh, you know, how do I know if it's a good deal or not? So what are the red flags you look for when you're underwriting your deals? Well, first of all, uh, you can never take for granted what's in the OM. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the broker's a salesman too. He, he gets paid when he sells a deal. <laughs> That's so, right. That's right. Um, you know, you have to, to vet everything that's in the, in the, uh, the OM. I mean, yeah. we, we go out and we actually visit personally the comps in the market that, uh, that are being used. And, and if we see some that are not being used, we dig into why that is. Um, we want to be certain that when we put, pro forma rents in our spreadsheet that we're highly confident we'll be able to achieve that at a minimum. We basically use our pro forma as a minimum standard, almost yeah. the worst case scenario. And we know if it's going to work there, um, then uh, we have a lot of potential upside. Right, right, right. As far as other red flags, um, you know, it's hard to put a, a pin on anything specific, but but uh, I just say vet everything in the yeah. uh, OM um, to the nth degree. Right. Uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, you're the one responsible for, uh, for, for what's going on with your investors. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, you know, with, with a lot of people, uh, you know, seeing how hot the multifamily space is, it's also causing a lot of new people to get involved and just jump right in. So, um, just from what you're seeing right now, what is the biggest rookie mistake you see people making? Overpaying. Yeah. Overpaying. So many people are so hungry to get their first deal that they, um, you know, they overpay. Uh, they, they don't do the proper due diligence. And so they, you know, are, are um, hoping they can make their numbers work. Um, you know, and, and people that are not saying you can't do it on your own if you've never done it before, but it's a lot harder. That's why Absolutely. strategic partnerships, especially for new people, is very important. Um, yeah. I, uh, I always suggest that, that uh, as a passive investor, that you want someone with a track record or someone with a team with a strong track record. Yeah. Uh, someone who puts their own money in the deal. Um, right. There, there's uh, like I said, there's not saying that a new person could not do it alone, but it will be, it will be much harder. And yeah. I think from a passive investor standpoint, it would be much more difficult for me to invest with that person. Right. Right. That, yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense, man. Um, Cause like I said, a, a lot of people can just jump right out there and you know, they, they may have a lot of uh, passive investors looking for an opportunity and they're selling the idea that, Hey, I can get her and get it done. But, 
you know, if they don't have the, the, the track record, like you said, the experience behind them or even, you know, somebody that's gone through 2008, you know, the, the recession, you know, if, you, if nobody's experienced that, how can they really, you know, uh, you know, decide what to do in, in the next one or how to underwrite a deal knowing that, you know, something else is coming soon, you know, right. you uh, know, all of that stuff kind of plays a, a factor into it. And a lot of these guys are just not thinking about it. They're so concerned about, like you said, let me get my first deal done. Let me collect this um, acquisition fee and all these uh, management fees. And it's, right. a, it's a fee culture, you know, it's getting a little crazy right now. And uh, right. right. You know, yeah, I, that's something else, you know, to two points you made there is, uh, you know, having been investing for quite some time and come through that, that down cycle, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's easy to make money in the market we're in now. Right. that we've had for the past eight years. Uh, it helps cure a lot of mistakes. Like you said, come out rookie mistakes. Yeah. You know, markets like we've been in the past eight years or so um, yeah. help cure a lot of mistakes that in a slim market or the top of the cycle, you don't have the um, luxury of being able to, to, to make those mistakes. Right. And so that's why you have to be extra careful with due diligence and be extra conservative in your, in your measures. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's it's uh, it's something that that you just got to be careful, especially at this point in the cycle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, man. So let's let's go ahead and uh, segue to the next segment of the show. We're going to do a um, a deal deep dive. So let, let's talk about a deal you did, man. How many units was it? Um, what was the value add you seen on it? The kind of debt and uh, what your exit strategy is for that property. Okay, uh, we can just, we can talk about the one we just closed in in uh, November. Um, okay. So this was a deal, it was a two property portfolio in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 174 total units. Uh, one building was 102, the other one was 72. Located right across the uh, busy interstate from each other, so the great traffic. Yeah. Um, probably in a in a, a B to B minus area um, where there's a lot of new construction. Uh, big box retailers. Um, the city's making improvements in the area, so it's a it's an area that that is having investment currently being made in there. Right. Um, and this uh, specific asset was kind of the ugly duckling in the neighborhood. Yeah. It had been owned by the uh, same owner since '96, self managing. Yeah. And wow. it was really uh, uninvolved owner. Um, hadn't been to the property in a year. Yeah. Uh, you know, rarely visited the property in the years previous to that. Wow. Um, we noticed when we were and this, this deal took a long time to get done. It took, we were, we were looking to steal for over nine months before we got it wow. in the contract, um, back and forth, uh, you know, with on, on pricing on LOI, is the guy going to sell it? Is he not going to sell it? Yeah. Um, but we saw some really good opportunity with this deal. Um, specifically, not, not only in the fact that it had been, um, you know, a long-term owner yeah. and he hadn't really had a lot of deferred maintenance, so to speak, but no updates to the units. No, um, you know, they haven't been uh, keeping them up to the market standards for either rent or condition. Um, so we saw an opportunity there to go in and do some value add as far as, uh, you know, making the property nice and shiny, clean it up. Yeah. Going and having the interiors of the units as well as uh, updating the amenities, and um, then also with utilities, that was a big opportunity. Yeah. Uh, you know, utilities in that market were 
should run anywhere from twelve to fifteen hundred dollars a door. Um, these are running uh, around two thousand dollars a door. Wow! Um, and so we saw an, an immediate opportunity there to go in and, and just through water cons or utility conservation, yeah, add yeah. significant amount of uh, value to the property. And so, so, matter of fact, when we were touring the property, we toured it multiple times, uh, and uh, we toured one of the units. The manager walked us through there, and the hot water in one of the units, one of the bathrooms was running full blast. And you could feel the countertop of the bathroom counter and the whole countertop was hot. Good so this God. thing had been running for no telling how long. Wow. It's wide open. The manager walks through there with us, doesn't even give it a second glance. Dang. And so, okay, we're like, okay well that's, <laughs> right. we can see right there is water conservation. So, right, right. Um, yeah. And uh, so that's one of the first things we did as far as our CapEx budget, our CapEx plan. Yeah. was we did an immediate sweep of both properties um, of uh, changing out toilets and, and uh, shower heads, low flow, yeah. uh, you know, faucets and things like that. Also, when we did that, we changed all the um, valves yeah. as well to make sure they weren't going to be leaking. And so just by doing that alone, we'll see some immediate, um, you know, utility savings. And then, of course, going back and, and updating the unit interiors. Yeah, yeah. Now, what kind of rent bump were you guys are, are you guys projecting on this property here? So we, like I was saying, uh, we look at, at kind of a, a minimum standard yeah, yeah. on our pro forma, and so we had pro pro forma an eighty dollar rent bump uh, yeah. to these units at average. Uh, we had our first units turned back to us uh, a week or so ago, and rented our first unit at a uh, hundred dollar rent bump. Oh wow. You know, right there uh, tells us that yes, we can achieve um, at or above what we had performing. So that's good news for uh, for us yeah. and our investors. That's right. That's right. Good deal, man. And uh, what what kind of debt did you put on this? So this one was a bridge debt. We did a, a three year bridge loan, uh, wow. non recourse, um, and it is a floating floating rate loan. It's three hundred points over LIBOR. Yeah. Uh, but we did purchase a rate cap, so we know with certainty that it will never go above X. Right. And we underwrote it um, just about at that at that uh, high end right. um, interest rate. But right now, interest rates are going the other direction, so yeah. we feel that we're in good shape there, um, especially with that rate cap purchase. Um, yeah. We uh, we also so it's a three year loan uh, with two one year extensions, so it's five year total. Right. Right. Bridge debt. They financed um, not only the uh, acquisition, but also 100% of the rehab. Yeah, that's so, great. Uh, that's, that's one great. of the reasons that with this property, we purchased it at $8 million. Uh, we're putting a little bit over $2 million in CapEx. And so that's one of the reasons that we did this. And this property, typically we would do a five-year uh, hold. Yeah. Uh, this property specifically is going to be a, a three- to four-year project. Yeah. Uh, the immense amount of uh, improvements we can make. Uh, immediately yeah. we, we can have it stabilized in in 24 months and then start looking uh, at, at potential sale so we're hoping to sell it um, within year three yeah yeah um, so all in you're about 10 uh, what do you what are you kind of projecting where your exit would be at a little over 13 oh man that's nice nice mm -hmm. yeah really good deal there yeah yeah so uh, you know like I was saying earlier we we um, we look at uh, cash flow, uh, not not 
just depreciation. And we want yeah. basically a minimum, if we have a projected return of 80% over the, over the life of a project, we want at least half of that return to come from cash flow. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 80% annualized, 80% return over five years is 16% annualized. We yeah. want to, on that deal, we want to, to return a minimum of 8% annualized cash flow. Gotcha. Gotcha. Man, that's a pretty sweet deal then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah nice project. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, and then there's, there's multiple exit strategies. I mean, at the, you know, we could, we could refi it and, and, uh, return some capital and, and just hold it, you know, put yeah. more debt on it. Um, so, uh, um, you know, like I said, you, that's another thing. You got to have multiple exit strategies when you go into a deal, not, not just, um, you know, only have one way to get in and one way to get out. So, right, right, right. And I mean, me personally, man, I, I really want to be able to, uh, hold long term. So, you know, do the value add and then mm -hmm. refi my investor money back. And whoever wants to stay in can stay in the deal and let's, let's hold it for life. You know, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's my Absolutely. mindset, man. Yeah. The, um, you know, my personal portfolio, uh, I've, I've only recently sold some deals. Uh, you know, that, that in 2017, I sold that one deal in 1031, yeah. a, a smaller apartment complex, but have, I've started recently selling some of my smaller stuff, just, to, just strictly to free up capital to vacations right. because we invest our own money in these deals as well. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'm selling off some of my smaller portfolio of, of stuff to invest in these syndications. Gotcha. Gotcha. But even within my own portfolio, eventually we'll start selling um, selling some and then buying larger apartment complexes within my own personal portfolio in addition to our, our company. Right, right, right. And that, that's the best way to do it, man, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, well, yo, man, let, let's go ahead and... Uh, I'm sorry, say it again? That's how you get that generational wealth. Yeah, that's right, man. That's what I'm all about, man. Right. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and uh, segue into the lightning around here. Okay. All right. So what's the best advice you ever been given? Um, I would just say, uh, be persistent. You know, that, that's something that, uh, a lot of people think they're going to, you know, they, they jump in this game, they come in make a few phone calls, they get turned down or they get discouraged because they lose out on a few deals and, yeah. and they give up. But I mean, man, you have to stay persistent, uh, be persistent and consistent. Yeah, probably the best advice. Persistent with your efforts and consistent with uh, your strategies and fundamentals. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, what's the best book you've ever read? Besides the Bible? <laughs> that's right. Uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad probably is. Uh, you know, that's a classic. That everybody uh, probably says just from a mindset standpoint. Yeah. Um, Napoleon Hill is another uh, um, great. You know, a great book, uh, the book by Napoleon Hill. Yeah, Think um, and Grow Rich. Yep, Think and Grow yep. Rich. And uh, um, those probably are two good fundamental books that I would recommend. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, what are some rituals you're doing right now that's making you a, a better investor or just person in general? Um, well, every morning I try to try to have some quiet time. You know, I, I get up early and uh, read the Bible, pray, uh, reflect on on the previous day, uh, the, the day that's coming, yeah. review my goals and, um, and then jump into the day. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, what is the one thing you're focusing on right now, uh, to help you improve your business? Right now we're looking at, um, establishing a thought leadership platform 
uh, in branding with our, our uh, company, Trident Multifamily. Yeah. Uh, so, so getting our name out there, establishing credibility within, within that, that Trident Multifamily brand. Yeah. Uh, also uh, refining our, uh, our infrastructure. We just implemented an investor portal that we have all our investors, uh, you know, when we have a deal go out, they can review all the documents there, sign all the documents there, get all their updates through the, through the portal. Yeah. And, uh, just present a, a more professional, um, you know, presentation to, to our investors. And, and beyond that, we are developing capital partnerships, um, yeah. whether it's folks that, uh, we could potentially partner with on the general partnership side, um, or, uh, even institutional capital. So we yeah. can, Larger deals uh, and or more deals simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, what's the name of the company that uh, you're doing the best portal to, if you don't mind sharing? Uh, we just switched to Appfolio. Um, they have a, a, an investor portal. You know, they're best known for their uh, property management. Property software. management. Yeah. So they, they just they just launched a, a couple of years ago their own investor management software. Cool. And so, uh, with our property manager using Appfolio. Uh, and then having the same investor portal, there's some synergies with the, both those working together. Yeah. Uh, and uh, once we eventually become vertically integrated, we plan to use that that um, uh, property management software as well. So we're already yeah. established there. Oh, that's awesome! Very, very, very good choice. Um, all right, la- last question for you, man. If you can give your younger self one tip in regards to uh, investing, what would that be? Huh. Start sooner. I, I didn't start, you know, I, I'm 53 now. I started yeah. investing when I was, you know, 33. Uh, I, I would probably would have started in my twenties if I could have, um, you may not be able to start as big or as strong, yeah. but, uh, at least you can start educating yourself and, and get in the game. And, uh, by the time you're my age, you'll be sitting on a beach somewhere. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, Mike, uh, tell my listeners, man, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, Our website is tridentmultifamily.com, tridentmultifamily.com, or you can email us at info at tridentmultifamily.com. We love to to talk to anyone about potential partnerships or what we do as potential passive investors um, or just help anyone we can in the the game of real estate. We're here to help educate and, uh, and, uh, perform great great and if you guys are still listening up to this point go ahead and do me a favor and hit the subscribe button on youtube itunes spotify wherever you're watching and that and leave us a five-star review because it allows us to keep getting awesome guests like this on the show i appreciate you guys listening until next time mike appreciate you coming on today man thank you willie all right later later